Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in. Trevor Lane here for LakersNation.com, your home for everything Lakers. The Lakers do fall in Game 6 to the Phoenix Suns. Not the outcome we were hoping for. This injury-plagued, seemingly cursed season does come to an end. But let's talk about it. Let's get through it. We're going to work through it together. This is not the outcome that anyone wanted to see. At least anybody that was a Lakers fan, that's for sure. 29 other teams right now are celebrating, and I'm sure some of you were seeing that on social media. But let's talk about this. Let's work through this. We're going to take some questions, take some comments. We'll get through what this might mean for the Lakers moving forward. We'll talk about what we saw tonight. I'm sure there's going to be plenty plenty of finger-pointing, blame going around. Let's try to work through this thing. Joining me is Matt the Optimist Peralta. Matt, we are putting your optimistic powers to the test tonight. That is an understatement. Um, yeah, not not the result we wanted. The Lakers are no longer in the 2021 NBA playoffs. And like a lot of Lakers fans, I will be trying to find some way to get through the rest of the playoffs without my favorite team in it. Yeah, um, I guess we can start there. I think that, that where we go from here, if you're still watching NBA basketball, is immediately favoring the Mavs, right? Getting, putting your, all your, <laughs> all your positive energy behind the Mavericks, right? Who play the Clippers and hopefully eliminate the Clippers tomorrow. Yeah. Um, I mean, that would be great. Uh, the Mavs are a fun team to watch. Luka Doncic, I think is the closest thing to LeBron that we have currently in the league. So it'd only be natural to want to see him, you know, pull out a series win against the other LA team. Uh, but you know, I'm, I'm also pretty, I'm mildly interested in the Milwaukee Bucks after their first round yeah. sweep over the Heat. So you know, th- there there are reasons to keep watching. It's just you know, uh, we are LakersNation.com. We obviously live and die with the Lakers. So it it's a it's a tough year, man. We we've been I've been optimistic all season about the Lakers' chances, but uh, we should probably start here too. Um, the caveat the entire year was if the Lakers are healthy. Yes. That's what we said the entire time, right? The whole season, because you're right, the whole season we've been saying uh, in two weeks when they're healthy, then we're going to see what the Lakers really have. Oh, no, wait. Okay, somebody else is hurt. All right. In four weeks, when this guy comes back, when the Lakers are healthy, then, oh, no, this guy's hurt now. Okay. Okay. Maybe maybe in two months when everybody's healthy, we'll see what the Lakers have. And then it became in the playoffs. If the Lakers can just be healthy for the playoffs, Oh, like how crazy is it that in this game you saw Anthony Davis go down and also Alex Caruso underrated part of the game. Yeah. And then, and halfway through the series against the Suns, the Lakers are cruising. The Lakers were in control and halfway through the series, Anthony Davis goes down due to injury. And that changes everything changes the outcome of the series. Didn't the exact same thing happen during the season? About halfway through the season, Anthony Davis goes down due to injury and it changed everything for the Lakers. Um, This has been a ridiculously injury-plagued season. I don't know if we've seen anything quite like this. There have been some rough seasons injury-wise, but the hits just kept on coming. And at some point, it just wound up being too much. 
it's that's really the story. The Lakers are built around LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and a set of role players that are there to complement the stars. And when one or both of those stars are not 100% healthy or themselves, the team will crumble. And that's exactly what we saw during the regular season. They tumbled all the way down to the seventh seed. And then this is what we saw in this first round series against the Suns. The Lakers were up 2-1 against the Suns. Uh, you know, lo and behold, Anthony Davis was the difference maker in those two games. He gets hurt in game four and the Lakers have no answer and don't win a game the rest of the way. So there's no real analysis behind it. I mean, we can get into, you know, why the Lakers struggled specifically, but really that's the reality of the season was that we didn't have Anthony Davis for most of it. And then he couldn't finish this playoff series. We didn't have LeBron James for a large chunk of the regular season. And he was clearly not 100% this series as well. Um... That's that's really it, Trevor. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's that, that really is what it comes down to. And we can certainly talk about the shooting and all of that as well. Sure. Um, but but oh, and I've got a comment here. First five minutes from Andre Leva from uh, YouTube. First five minutes exploiting uh, hurt AD caused us to play catch up the entire game. I, I, I do want to get into that in a minute about how the Suns approached Anthony Davis and how that all kind of set up. But um, but the injuries just, they added up. It was one thing after another, after another, all season long, all season long. And then in this series, when Anthony Davis goes down, of course, it changed just about everything in terms of how this was happening. Um, I still, I looked at this series like this, Matt. I said, everybody healthy and the Lakers shooting two things here. Everybody healthy and the Lakers shooting just normal, just right. normal, not, not great. Just normal. It's a sweep. This series is a sweep for the Lakers. Everybody healthy and the Lakers shooting the way that they shot right now, shooting poorly, it's a five-game series. Anthony Davis at 50% and the Lakers shooting the way they did right now, and it's probably a toss-up 50-50 who wins. Anthony Davis out hurt and the Lakers shooting the way they did right now equals what we saw. The Suns winning the series. Is that is that my bias coming through or do you think that's accurate in terms of adding up all the pieces here? Um, you know, I might I might not have gone so far as sweep. I, I think optimistically I even said Lakers in five if if yeah. the first two conditions you laid out were, were were right, the Lakers shooting good or even just average and fully healthy. I think I think five is pretty defensible. And then, you know, if you want to say, you know, shooting poorly but still fully healthy, yeah, I'd say six games is about right also. But uh, we saw literally none of those things. We saw the Lakers shoot poorly and see Anthony Davis and other players get hurt throughout this series. So the not, let's just like the physical toll obviously speaks for itself but can you imagine the mental toll that the players had to go through this entire season oh yeah the the, the fans have been talking about it. it it wears on us but can you imagine how the roster must feel too they they were probably thinking the same things once we get lebron and ad healthy we'll be good to go we see anthony davis go down now they're shell-shocked now they have to find ways to recoup and they and they really can't and you know i, I know people in the chat or and other fans probably are going to say oh excuses 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 but it, the reality really is is that this team is built around the two uh when one of those foundations one of those pillars crumbles then the rest of the team kind of goes along with it and you know I, I i use this term a lot reductive analysis but really the lakers formula to for success and to win is cut and dry and when things don't go right it's pretty easy to figure out why yeah yeah i mean look that that formula couldn't be deployed here they couldn't use it because they didn't have those guys 
And let's talk about this. Let's talk about, by the way, uh, guys, I'm getting some, some questions. Some people saying thank you for the, the season and all that. Hey, thank you guys, of course, yeah. for joining us. And we're not done here, by the way. We have, we have a lot to talk about. But thank oh. all of you for joining us night in and night out and going through all of this. Certainly appreciate that. But people saying last stream, oh, no, no, no. This is not the end for Lakers Nation. For Lakers Nation, there is no off season. We will still be doing live shows. I haven't decided what days yet, but we will have regularly scheduled live shows throughout the off season. And when we get close to big events like the NBA draft, like free agency, we're going to be doing live shows all the time to go over this stuff. We're not going anywhere, guys. Don't, Don't you worry about that. We will still be right here for Lakers Nation. That's good to hear. I thought I was out of a job. No. (laughs) Well, actually, we need to talk after the show, Matt. So Okay. Okay. I'm getting the Dennis Schroeder treatment, huh? (laughs) Oh, gosh. I can't wait to talk about Dennis Schroeder. I can't wait to talk about about Dennis Schroeder. That's going to be – that's a whole other conversation. The first time Um, I've laughed tonight. (laughs) Yeah. It's – that that was rough. But let's talk a little bit more about about him in uh, in just a moment. But – when we look at this team and we look at what they what they had going for them, what they had going against them, it's just it's reality. Right? It's it's what we saw. We saw that they suffered a lot of injuries this season. Maybe that's because of the 71 day turnaround. I think right. that's definitely got to be a factor. Maybe it's because of the compressed schedule where your body doesn't get a chance to really recover. You had those two things combined. Compressed schedule plus fifty or seventy-one day turnaround. This is kind of what you get. Lack of practice time, new pieces Lack to work in, well. just a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Um, but I wanted to talk about the Anthony Davis thing and sure. the way he started out the game. Uh, clearly, he did everything he could to be on the floor. And that's commendable. People are right now ripping Anthony Davis to shreds on social media, calling him glass, all that kind of stuff. Um, I think Anthony Davis did whatever he could to be out there on the floor. And you could see he was in a lot of pain and you could see how upset he was the entire game on the sideline. He was not happy to not be able to be out there on the floor. So I feel for him in that way. The Suns went right at him immediately, which I think the Lakers didn't do enough of against Chris Paul. Right. But the Suns went right after him. And then you even saw, and I didn't like this play, Anthony Davis catches a ball and he's going to shoot a layup and Devin Booker just pushes him out of bounds. And it made AD take a couple extra steps, extra long steps. When you get pushed and your momentum suddenly increases, your legs have to go into work, right? And don't get me wrong, it's not it wasn't a terrible foul or anything, but at that moment, that was exactly what Anthony Davis couldn't have happened to him. And you could see Anthony Davis in pain from it. And that was pretty much the the end of his night. The Suns did everything they could to make sure they got Anthony Davis off the floor. And it worked. In light of all this that we've seen. The cheap shots that we've seen from the Suns in this series. Don't get me wrong. There's Suns fans out there that say LeBron cheap shotted DeAndre Ayton tonight. I don't buy it, but they say that. There's Suns fans who say that Wesley Matthews cheap shotted Chris Paul. Again, I don't buy it, but they say that. Do you have any animosity towards the Suns? I didn't feel any kind of way towards the Suns going into this series. Suns fans hate the Lakers with a passion. I didn't care about the Suns. Do you feel any kind of way about the Phoenix Suns now? Um, I mean... Let let I, I guess as a as a fan, right? Like, let me put the analyst. Let me take the analyst hat off for a little bit and sure. put my fan one on. Um, 
I think every series, you just get annoyed with opposing fan bases all the time because, you know, we're on social media throughout the game. We're seeing people comment about the Lakers. You know, I, I get wrapped up into that stuff, too. But really, when a series ends, it's really more like, OK, well, good series. Let's move on to the next. You know, there was a little animosity toward Trailblazers fans, Rockets fans, even Nuggets fans. And then, you know, obviously the Heat fans in, in last year's playoffs. And, you know, I went to the season totally fine with every one of those teams it's just it's playoff basketball it's intense emotions are high every little thing is magnified so when dirty plays or hard fouls come up during a series like between the lakers and suns obviously you take it a little bit more personally but you know at the end of the day it's it's just playoff basketball i think at its highest level i don't have anything against devin booker for that foul against anthony davis i still hate jay crowder trust me <laughs> still don't like the guy but I well mean, the staples center crowd did not like jay crowder because they were chanting I, they were chanting fj crowder the staples center crowd was my was my spirit animal tonight because if i could just if i could just go tonight and say that to him i would have been totally fine it would have been worth my my price of admission for sure <laughs> But but as far as my animosity towards Sun fans, not really. Like, I mean, look, they had a good series. I I congratulated them on Twitter. I said, hey, congrats to the Suns. They earned it. Played well throughout the whole way. Lakers didn't have an answer for them. Obviously, injuries played a part. But really, they took this series. They they came out tonight and were the aggressors in a closeout game. Um, you have to respect them for that. And Devin Booker was just too much for the Lakers to handle tonight, like he has been for that the entire series. You kind of got to tip your cap there also. Uh, we can complain about the foul baiting all you want, but there was really none of that tonight because there was no need for it. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, to answer your question, I don't really have anim any animosity toward them, really. I mean, was it annoying for six games? Yeah, but, I mean, the Lakers are the losers here, and you just kind of have to live with that. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much the same way. Um like, I don't think I will root for them in the next round series against Denver. Probably not. I think right, I'll be yeah. more pulling for Denver just because, of, like, if the Suns had played a clean series, I would be more, I wouldn't be on either side. But I do feel like the Suns resorted to some cheap tactics and things like that. I do feel like the referees bailed out Devin Booker a lot. Maybe not as much tonight, but in the series, I thought sure. the way the, I thought the officiating for the series swung after Chris Paul went on his 11 and 0 tirade. I thought that changed quite a bit, uh, especially in game four. The officiating was really egregious. So uh, I, I, I do have some animosity towards the Suns, but not any, like if they won the championship, it would be whatever, you know, it's not the end yeah, of the world or anything, it. but you know, heading into this game, Ron and I did a show breaking down how the Lakers could win. And we said the, over, the oversimplification is they just have to make their shots. They haven't – like, even without Anthony Davis, if the Lakers oh, just man. shoot average, they would win tonight. And we said if they don't, they won't win. Tonight they shot – they average about 47 48% from the field on the season and about 35 36% from three. Tonight they shot 42% from the field and 29% from three, and I'm rounding up to get there. You can't make shots. You can't win games. Uh – I guess it's time to retire positive aggression to the mean, Trevor, because... I, it never happened. It just did not it, happen. I mean, to be fair, it could happen next season. <laughs> next season. Tomorrow, the Lakers guys are going to shoot lights out. In an empty gym. Yep. In an empty gym. They are going to shoot lights out because that's coming because they built up so many... They got all the misses out of their system in this series. Um, so many I, facilities they built with all those bricks. I was laughing 
because somebody in our chat said the Suns don't bother me, but campaign can catch these hands. Campaign, Jay Crowder, one hundred percent. I'm right there with you. <laughs> Cameron Payne, Chris, Chris, the masterpiece master says Cameron Payne just has a punchable face. He does. It's just, it's just his he expression. Does. He does. Just his expression. Um, let's talk a little bit about where we go from here, because a lot of people in our chat right now are saying, okay, let's, let's talk about what, what happens next with the Lakers. Sure. What happens? So the Lakers at this point, and by the way, I guess we should do this. Who is the next man up tonight? Let's talk about that real quick before we start, before we completely move on from this game. And I know it feels weird finding, picking out a positive, but I think there's somebody that I want to make sure that we stop and we highlight. So I feel like we might have the same one. Probably. Yeah. So go ahead. Hit me with it. Who's your next man up? Um, okay. Well, if it's who I'm thinking it is, I'll just say it. I think it's Contavious Caldwell Pope, personally. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So so I'll let you have KCP, and I'm going to take the unpopular opinion, per usual. Oh. If, you uh, say, because... if you say Kyle Kuzma right now, oh. the fans <laughs> in our chat might... They might riot because I'm seeing a lot of negative Kyle Kuzma comments. No, they might burn me at a stake. No, <laughs> I, I I alluded to it a little bit earlier, but I I think you have to give some credit to Dennis Schroeder tonight. Okay. Um, and I know that I'm probably on an island and I'm probably going to lose many, many a follower after just saying that. But look, Dennis had 20 points, three rebounds, three assists, six of 14 from the field. You know, two of six from three-point land, six of six free throws, right? Whatever. But I did think that... Okay, so here's the frustrating thing with Dennis. Like, next man up for this game specifically. But throughout the series, he has been so up and down. And I and I think what really changed or really hindered the Lakers was that we didn't get the Dennis Schroeder we saw in the regular season. No. You know, the feisty, competitive, pesky guy on both ends of the floor rocketing to the basket, collapsing the defense, kicking out to shooters, finishing in the lane, etc. I think this was maybe the second time the series, maybe. I think aside from game three or four, I can't remember. But this is the first time I think that I really felt Dennis be Dennis. I felt like he was playing free. I felt like he was being more himself. I felt like, you know, when Anthony Davis uh, went out this game, he he took it more upon himself to actually, you know, try to spark the team. That third quarter stretch in particular, I thought was his best stint when he was picking up Chris Paul full court, knocking down shots, et cetera. So, you know, I, I thought that was a, oh, Trevor's got a guess. Um, yeah, I've got a, got a little gnat that's flying around in here. <laughs> I think I think I'm going to name it Cameron Payne. Yeah, you should try and hit it and swat it. It's, I'm going to. I'm going to try and but, punch it in the face. <laughs> but... <laughs> As far as Dennis goes, I, I thought, you know, he injected some life in the Lakers when they really needed it. That third quarter stretch in particular, we can talk about how the third quarter where it looked like they were going to go on a run and then foul calls and some officiating uh, kind of killed the momentum. But I, I really did think Dennis tried his best this night. I, this was obviously a really good response after last game. I mean, it was pretty hard to play as bad as game five, but I thought game six in particular, I thought it was overall a good game. So I'm going to give Dennis his props too. Uh, there was a lot of slander this morning headed Dennis's way about the yes. whole Instagram debacle. So uh, oh, I want to give Dennis his due. Uh, if it's his last game as a Laker, it was a pretty good one. Uh, so yeah, I just wanted to highlight him too. But I think so, my actual answer would be KCP for tonight. And to, to reference that, for anybody who didn't catch that earlier today, Dennis Schroeder, somebody on Twitter called him out for removing a mention of the Lakers in his Instagram bio. He had, you know, Lakers point guard 
in his Instagram bio. And then that disappeared. And I don't know when it disappeared. That's the thing with that kind of stuff. We don't pay enough attention to know exactly when it happened. It's just as soon as somebody notices it, everybody assumes, oh, they just did it and it means something. I don't know, right? I don't know when he took that out, but he put it back in. So apparently somebody talked to him. But Dennis Schroeder, uh, he was okay, especially second half. He got going a little bit. Second half, he got yeah. going. I felt like the Lakers, <laughs> the Suns came out red hot. And oh, I yeah. felt like the Lakers were right there with him at first. And then the Suns went on a run, and it felt like the Lakers really quit for about six to eight minutes. And that's Schroeder. That's LeBron. LeBron wasn't even get back on defense. It looked like it was done. And then part of the way through the second quarter, the Lakers picked it up a little bit, and it's like they started to fight. But they let a good six to eight minutes of game time go by where they clearly weren't trying, clearly weren't putting in the effort. I think that really came back to haunt them, and and Schroeder was certainly part of that. Uh, But the guy that I need to highlight as a positive, Catavius Caldwell-Pope, 19 points, three of six from three, two of two from the free throw line, seven of 11 shooting, 39 minutes. I mean, still dealing with a knee injury, and KCP was fantastic. He was was great. great. It was fantastic. Because he's been struggling so much all series, it was great to see him play a game like this tonight. Um, Obviously, would much rather see it in a Lakers win, but it was really nice to see KCP finally get going. Uh, People saying refs MVP of the series. Yeah, I mean, look, I don't think the referees changed the outcome of this game, but I did think that there were some really, really, really critical calls that went the wrong way in the third quarter when the Lakers were starting to get momentum suddenly the Suns were able to keep the Lakers at bay because they kept getting free throw after free throw after free throw after free throw on some questionable calls. Um, That was tough. But again, I don't think it changed the outcome of this game. So I'm not going to point and say, oh, you know, the referees made the Lakers lose. No, I think the Lakers poor shooting and effort during part of the game caused them to lose. You know what's funny? The two flagrants weren't even my least favorite. It was the THT technical foul call on Cameron Johnson. That was the one that got me. That's the one that got me riled up. THT and, was running down the floor. He had hit a shot previously over Cameron Johnson, ran down the floor, gave him a little bump, probably said something and got called for a technical foul. If that's a technical foul, my God. But And Cameron Johnson, THT is running a straight line. Cameron Johnson ran in front of THT. It wasn't, THT didn't go out of his way to hit Cameron Johnson. And that was a tech. But, but speaking of which, though, we need to give some credit to THT sure. because all series Frank Vogel was looking for somebody who was going to play with heart and was going to play with passion and was going to be aggressive and wasn't going to do the things that we saw in game five, right? THT showed up in game five, put up a double, double in 16 minutes, 11 and 11. And tonight THT six for nine shooting 12 points, two boards. It was not perfect, but he attacked. He was aggressive. He said, this is our last chance. Let's go. It shouldn't be on the 20-year-old to do that, right? That should be on some of the other guys to play with that kind of energy throughout the entire game. The Lakers didn't have that, not throughout the entire game, and THT did. Credit to him. I'm still very high on on his future. No, I thought he had a pretty decent game, honestly. I mean, I think it was really just a, hey, if we're going to go out, we might as well go down swinging kind of performance from him. So I I like that. Uh, THT has shown no fear in in high leverage situations prior, and I thought that was the same case tonight. Uh, My only rub, though, again, is that I think my whole thing with THT, it's been very uh, give and take with him. Uh, 
for every play that you want to highlight for THC, there's also one on the other end you can easily highlight. And I think the most glaring one that most people I saw, including myself, pointed out was the help off Mikhail Bridges on the corner three when Russ Matthews had already bottled up Chris Paul. I, I thought that was a momentum killer as well. Uh, you're, you're taught in basketball not to help off the strong side corner um, because that's an easy one pass away to an open three, and, and THC committed that mistake. So, um, and, I, and I'm not trying to nitpick him. Uh, you know, I just wanted to say that, you know, again, for young players like TH, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, for those young- who listen to the podcast version, I'm trying to hit this gnat <laughs> that we that we have named Cameron Payne, and I almost got him. Anyway, I'm sorry. I, I interrupt. Now I totally ruined your train of thought, didn't I, Matt? No, no, no. You're fine. Um, I was just going to say, uh, I think this was a good experience for THT as a whole to play in his like first legitimate playoffs. He got spot minutes last year, but I thought this year, you know, he got to see a little bit extended floor time. So uh, I think this only bodes well for his future. He's got a taste of the playoffs now actually playing in real minutes. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm also high on him. Uh we, we talked a little bit about what comes next for the Lakers, and I'm sure we'll dive into it more a little bit later. But I, I think between Alex Caruso and THT, that's probably where we should start. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We're going to get into their futures. Uh, I do need to take a couple of Super Chats, and we're going to get there. Uh, Mr. Easley from YouTube said, Barkley stated, oh boy, here we go. Barkley stated, the Lakers need to sit down with Anthony Davis and ask what's wrong with his training that's causing him to be injured so often. What do you think? I don't think it has to do with his training. I don't think it's his off-season training or anything like that that causes him to be injured. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I I don't think it's a training issue with Anthony Davis as far as getting injured goes. I think he's had some fluke plays this season that have hurt him. Um, But otherwise, yeah. Um, Give Anthony Davis a full off-season to get healthy, and I am – Fairly confident we won't see as many injuries next season. Uh, Joseph McCartney from YouTube said, instead of getting Dennis back, could we get Lonzo Ball back? 6'7", 38% from three and can play defense. Double sign and trade, baby. Let's get it done. Double sign and trade. Lonzo for Dennis Double Schroeder. sign and trade. The Pelicans want to help the Lakers. You know that's a thing. Oh, the Pelicans yes. Fans, Pelicans fans are definitely not celebrating right now no they absolutely are pelicans fans are some of the pettiest fans i've ever seen by the way why are they celebrating how many titles have they won in the past two years trevor because anthony davis is out that's what they're celebrating and the late no 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 but oh yeah they haven't won any but they're but this is you know when you haven't won any then this is a reason to celebrate uh somebody's saying travis saying lebron doesn't seem healthy still didn't seem to have burst yeah i agree i noticed that as well. i agree he looked like he was struggling to push off Uh, yeah okay he was gassed (laughs) <laughs> absolutely i mean he asked out of the game so let's talk about the about where we move from here sure. let's talk <laughs> and uh we may have to think about a master lock in a bit but uh you said let's start with caruso and let's start with taylor horton tucker let's go caruso first sure. alex caruso will be a free agent uh the lakers i believe should bring him back i believe caruso should be and you mentioned this the other day that you think this too I think bringing back Alex Caruso should be the priority over bringing back Dennis Schroeder. Oh, yeah. Um, I do think that Alex Caruso is probably cheaper still, even in free agency, than Dennis Schroeder will be. He will be. What are your thoughts on Caruso? Is he coming back? There was a story that came out the other day that Caruso really likes the chemistry he's got with LeBron James and would like to stay with the Lakers. What are you thinking there? 
Um, I, I think there's some healthy optimism, Matt, the optimist Peralta. Um, I think there's some healthy optimism that Alex Caruso will be back with the Lakers. Uh, we outlined it in our video that we did, I believe yesterday that the Lakers have full bird rights over Alex Caruso. So they can offer him basically anything up to a max contract. He's not going to fetch that obviously, but in terms of money, it shouldn't be an issue. It's really just a matter of will the Lakers want to bring him back? Um, and I think the answer is yes. Um, he is very much, I, I think the, you know, if LeBron and AD are the face and the pillars of the, of the team, I, I think Alex Caruso is right up there as a support beam or another, you know, whatever metaphor you want to throw out there because I think in crunch time lineups, it's going to be what role players do you trust to be out there next side alongside your two superstars? Alex Caruso, I think, is a mainstay at this point. And I do think he'll be cheaper than Dennis Schroeder. I don't think a lot of uh, teams are going to, you know, penny up or throw the bag at someone that's probably going to be coming off the bench to play 20, 25 right. minutes a night. But I think for the Lakers in particular, he's just so important. Uh, I outlined it in that video that I mentioned earlier. But um, when you already know where the ball's going to be, on the offensive end, uh, in, in crunch time, in, in high-pressure games. You need guys to fill around those players, and Alex Caruso's perfect. Um, he doesn't demand touches. He'll compete his ass off defensively. He'll make the right play. He'll scrap. He'll fight. He'll, he'll, he's kind of the energy guy for the Lakers. And so there's really no reason to bring him back. Um, I, I'd be not incredibly surprised. Yeah, not to bring him back. Sorry. Um, I, I'd be incredibly surprised if he wasn't wearing purple and gold next year, to be quite honest with you. Um, and there's a reason for that. I, I genuinely believe that they'll prioritize him over Dennis Schroeder, Andre Drummond. Um, I, LeBron and AD like playing with him. Again, Frank Vogel trusts him. Uh, he's won a championship with the Lakers. He started game six against the Miami Heat. So that should tell you right. something about, you know, how much trust and faith that the organization has in him. And then the other thing we need to consider too, uh, two more things. Sorry, I know I'm rambling a little bit. Um, the first being that he's 27 years old, um, fits along the, the Anthony Davis timeline. So if you want to sign him to a two, three, four-year contract, right, that'll pair him next to AD for the near future. So that'd be good. And then two, um, again, if someone becomes available in the next year or two because things change so drastically in the NBA season to season, if someone becomes available and they say, hey, I want to come play for the Lakers and you need to trade for me, you're going to need salaries on your books. And I think given the dollar amount that Alex Caruso will probably command in free agency, I think that'll be a contract that the Lakers could move in the event that they want to chase another star to pair with LeBron and Anthony Davis. Yes, 100% agree. I, I definitely agree with that. I think that that would be... Um that would be the ideal situation is to bring back, not, not necessarily trading Caruso, but I mean, bringing back Alex Caruso, keep him on the roster. And again, like you said, you're going to need salary ballast. And that is a factor in another guy we're going to talk about in a minute, Kyle Kuzma. But I've got a question here from Dre Johnson on YouTube, a super chat. Do you see Vogel getting fired this year or no. him being in the hot seat next season? And if kid leaves, should we bring in Mark Jackson as an assistant? Gross. <coughs> I'm going to say no and no. Gross. No to Vogel getting fired and no to Mark Jackson. I think if you are the Lakers front office and you are looking at what went on this season, Frank Vogel did, was not playing with a full team all season long. And we might, we can complain about the rotations. We can say this rotation didn't make sense. That rotation didn't make sense. How many times did the rotations though have any consistency to them? Because yeah. the players weren't there physically. Frank Vogel couldn't have a consistent rotation because Player A was out, then player B was out, then player C was out. You know, that is a tough situation if you are a coach. So I don't see the Lakers parting ways with Frank Vogel this offseason because of what happened this season. Now, maybe there's some things going on behind the scenes, if there's some tension or something like that. 
that's always a possibility. So I just kind of want to throw that out there. I'm not suggesting that there is. I'm just saying sometimes there's things behind the scenes we didn't know. So assuming there's not something crazy going on behind the scenes, the team's lost faith in him or something like that, which by the way, there's no indication of that. I don't see why Frank Vogel wouldn't be back next season. I've got a lot of thoughts on this, actually. Um, well, first off, I, I also don't think Vogel's getting fired. There was a report earlier this season that they were working on an extension mm-hmm. for Frank Vogel, and that was before the playoffs even began. So I, I think the team and the franchise is pretty comfortable and confident in Frank Vogel going forward. So, And, and he's won a title with the Lakers. So you know that's going to uh, give any head coach some cachet, some some you know stability with the franchise, right? And some benefit of the doubt. Um the thing I would like to see, and and I know, I think Jason Kidd is pretty likely to get a head coaching job somewhere. I think there's a lot of fire, or there's a lot of smoke to that fire now at this point. So I, I do think Jason Kidd will probably get his opportunity. Um, what do you think to the Celtics? Like, I'm sorry, I, I hate to interrupt, but the, but that rumor linking Jason Kidd to the Celtics, it would be kind of funny. A little uh, bit. Jason, I, Jason Kidd's been good as his assistant coach. As a head coach, he is not. And maybe, you right. know, maybe he'll, maybe he's better, but I think it would be kind of funny if, if Jason Kidd is the guy that the Celtics bring in, who has a poor track record as a head coach to be the guy to lead their team moving forward. I will say this about this. And this is the only thing I will say about it. Uh, Jason Kidd will be able to tell Jason Tatum all the good things about the Lakers. Just oh, putting it out there. Just not checkers. Chess, oh, not Matt Peralta, the optimist. I like it. The sneaky optimist. But no, my, my last point about the whole head coaching thing was, no, I do not want Mark Jackson. I don't want him on air and I definitely don't want him on the sidelines. So let's oh. just let's just, you know, throw that one in the in the trash can. But uh, what I would like to see is the Lakers upgrade the assistant the assistant coaching or the, the sidelines. Um, I, I like the guys in general. I love Phil Handy, obviously. I think they need to keep him at all costs. Um, but as far as the other assistants go, I think Frank Vogel, what we saw is that he is very much a defensive-minded coach. But what did we complain about all season? It was really the offense. Um, and so I think the Lakers have the talent to be a more creative team and they could run more things. And so I really think that, and this is me speculating, uh, we'll probably do an off-season thing later, but I, I think Terry Stotts is probably on his way out of Portland. Um, Portland also got eliminated tonight by the Nuggets. And so I, I think his seat in, in Portland will be vacant. Um, I, Trevor, what do you think about this? Um, if, if Jason Kidd does leave, which I think we are both expecting him to, what would you think about the Lakers bringing on someone like uh, Terry Stotts or Alvin Gentry to fill that head, that lead assistant position. I would not be opposed to that. I would not. Um, Matt, I do have an update though. Sure. Dennis Schroeder has once again taken Lakers out of his bio. Of course he did. Yep. Yep. I mean, technically he's a free agent, so he really isn't a Lakers point guard anymore. He's, Obviously, this is not what we were talking about. This is off topic. But since it just happened, he's gone, right? Uh... Feels that way, doesn't it? Like, what, he feels like he is very anxious to get away from the Lakers. When you see uh... stuff like that. Like, like, it's not even... The season hasn't even been over for an hour. And he's already taking Lakers out of his bio. Um, I... I... I okay. I personally try not to read too much into these things, and I do but too. but you know, there's some smoke he, to this fire. 
he had to know he knew what a stir it caused because he wouldn't have put it back if somebody hadn't told him what a big deal it was earlier today, right? And now one of the first things he does, like it takes a little while to shower and all that, right? One of the first things he does is go back and remove it again. Yeah. It's not great. Uh, it's, it's not, not great. great. It's not great, but hey man, we'll see what happens. I'm I'm still kind of on the uh I'm still kind of in the camp where I, I think you're not really gonna find a player to replace Dennis in free agency if you let him walk. No. Um at least not one as talented as Dennis. Let me just say that right now. Maybe maybe you find a better piece, maybe you find another hole to fill with that spot, but the Lakers will be really strapped for cash. And and signing re-signing Dennis, I think, was part of the plan when they traded for him because they knew that they wouldn't be able to, to fill his spot if he were to go. Um, so I'm kind of in the camp where I think they still will try their best to re-sign Dennis. Um, but I don't think it's going to be at the dollar amount he wanted. I definitely think he costed himself some money this off se- this uh, off season with his playoff uh, performance. So uh, we'll see. I, I think I think the best course of action would be to sign him to a shorter term contract, maybe two or three years, and then try to offload him in the middle of the season where you can aggregate more salary that that would be maybe my ideal if if like let's say we he comes back and agrees and then he he's not playing up to standard next season um i guys i am i'm not going back and forth on twitter here that much um oh well that's an update dave i'm not on the Forget what I just said, Matt. Dennis Schroeder, you got to go through the bull stuff, I'll say, mm, mm, to get mm-hmm. to the good stuff. He mm-hmm, says mm-hmm. he plans to return to the Lakers next season. Well, there you go, guys. Um, you heard it here first. Then LakersNation.com Lakers from his bio. Because I told you, technically, he's not a Laker until he signs again. You think that's just putting pressure on the Lakers? Well, I mean, well, 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 he's going to say well, he's going to say, well, but it's got to be a fair deal, which is what he's been saying all season. To also be fair, double sign and trade, Trevor. Double sign and trade. Double sign and trade. Hey, double sign and trade. Lonzo Ball or Kyle Lowry? Pick one. Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry. All right. Fair what enough. about you? I agree because LeBron. Yes, but I exactly. still That's have a soft it. spot for Lonzo. I do too. I still, I still, I still like Lonzo. See, that's the crappiest part about them being on the Pelicans is because their fan base is so petty, but I will still root for the kids. Yeah. So uh, we've got a lot of people in the chat saying, no, we don't want Dennis Schroeder back. So I think we need to take a minute to explain this. Um, sure. Yes, we, we do want Dennis Schroeder back. And not necessarily for Dennis Schroeder. Like if you, if you think this guy's a bad fit, I don't want him on the team. He's talented, but whatever, right? That's fine, right? You can have that take. You want him back on the roster, though, because the Lakers can't replace him. The Lakers are going to be an over-the-cap team. So if he leaves, it's not like you suddenly get that $16 million to go play with and go bring in somebody else. You don't. So you want him to stay because, at the very least, he's a talented player, right? And if you don't think that he's a good fit, then maybe you trade him at the trade deadline, right? You move him later on. But if you don't re-sign him, you don't get to do that. So it's similar. I had the same discussion years ago when Dwight Howard was a free agent. Mm. Um, and I said, even if you think Dwight is terrible, right? You don't, as a person, you don't like him. You don't like his attitude. 
He has value in the NBA. You sign him because you can't replace him. And then if need be, you trade him. But you want to sign him because otherwise you don't have that option. You lose that player for nothing. You get no value in return. It's the same thing with Schroeder. And I understand why people might not like him and everything, but you don't want this team to be forced to watch him walk away for nothing. And the way that you do that is by signing him. Exactly. That's, that's it. That's the whole point. That's what I alluded to earlier. If, if, and you know, let's, let's, let's put this out there too, Trevor. Let's say that uh, the Lakers do come to an agreement with Dennis Shooter and he comes back. Uh, let's say he, he comes out and is a lot better player and maybe you're still not quite, uh, you know, you're not quite confident or, or you don't know if it's going to last the entirety of his contract. You could trade him when his value is a lot higher for something a lot better. Um, yes. that's something we should consider too, is that he can still rehab his, you know, his perception around the league and his trade value. Um, and the, again, I, what, what's the fair value for Dennis Schroeder right now that you'd be comfortable with like 18 to 20 million. Yeah. 18 would be tops. And by the, I guess I should have specified Dwight Howard way back when, like 2013 Dwight Howard. Right. When what you could have signed him to a max. Right. And yes. then, yeah, yeah. right. So, um, 18, let's just, let's just use your number 18 million. Right. Um, most star players in today's NBA will make something between, I don't know, like 25 to 35 million. 18 million gets you halfway to a disgruntled star. Uh, throw in whatever other salaries you want to put in there. Kyle Kuzma's 13 million. KCP's 13 million. Um, whatever they sign Alex Caruso to, THT, you know, uh, the number 22 overall pick this year. You can aggregate salaries and then make a move for that star that a lot of people say. Because I see this comment all the time on Twitter, uh, especially tonight. Uh, do you know how many bring Damian Lillard to the Lakers tweets I saw today? <laughs> I'm sure way a lot. too many. But oh, I don't even want to get into Damian. Well, Lillard well, no, no, no. But, here, but here's my point. Let's let's just say hypothetically speaking, right? Damian Lillard says, "Take me to the Lakers. I'm only mm-hmm. going to go to the Lakers. Trade me to the Lakers." Okay. Great. You you can't do that unless you have the salaries to do that. <laughs> Um, so again, if we're complaining about Dennis now, you'll probably be thanking the front office later for if they ever decide to aggregate his salary with another player and get the player that we actually want. So that's what me and Trevor are saying. And then, you know, best case scenario, they sign him to a value deal. He outplays the deal and it becomes a core part of the team. And cause again, he's only 27 or 28 himself. So, you know, there's, it's within the realm of possibility that Dennis has a better season next year and he's actually contributing for the team next year. And I don't don't take that to mean we're saying the Lakers are going to trade him for Damian Lillard. He's just using that as an example, folks. It's example, example, calm, example. everybody, calm. By the way, uh, Robert Robert Gonzalez from YouTube said, "Hey Trevor, I went from wanting to cry tonight because of tonight uh, to relaxed because of you tonight. Thank you and Matt. Well, you're welcome. Glad we could you know talk you guys through that. It's what the show's for right now to talk through this thing together." Hopefully, I don't know if we'll feel a whole lot better or whatever, but, you know, we'll we'll process things. We'll get through it. Um, okay. We need to talk about Kyle Kuzma because there's a lot of people in our chat that are not too pleased with Kyle Kuzma. And I let me say this, Matt. This is my prediction. My prediction for the offseason. Kyle Kuzma next season will not be in a Lakers jersey. Oh, I, I winged him on that one. I winged Cameron Payne as he flew past me. Um, was it the left hand? Because that's all he uses. I hope it yeah, was the it was, left it, wing. Yeah, I think so. Um, my my thing is, I, I think Kyle Kuzma will not be a Laker next season. It kind of feels that way, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, and I was actually pretty optimistic they would keep Kuz, but um, someone on our Twitter spaces, I think a couple spaces ago, asked us, do you think 
Kyle Kuzma's done with the Lakers after this season. I, I think me and you were both on the, I think he'll stay. And Ryan, our very own Ryan Ward was saying that he's probably gone. Um, after Ryan, this Ryan series. Ryan the pessimist. Ryan the pessimist Ward, my, yes. my father. For he's your, he's your counterpart. Yes. Um, very much a Darth Vader, Luke Skywalker situation. But uh, yeah, I, I genuinely have no idea if, well, because, okay, I think the Lakers were actively shopping him at the trade deadline. I don't think that's a secret. No, um, they definitely were. Yeah, I don't think that that's a secret. Thing. And and I think given how they flamed out this this first round series and particularly him flaming out, I, I think that's going to play a bit of into the calculus of whether or not they should trade him. Because I know they're high on him. I know they like Kuz. They, they drafted do. him. They developed him. Um, he's turned himself into a really solid role player, I think, on most nights. Definitely very inconsistent throughout this playoff series. But, you know, overall, I thought he had a pretty solid season in general um i think it's really going to depend what's on the market because really like what are you going to trade kyle kuzma for because you're not going to trade him for picks that's pointless for this lakers team unless you're going to throw those picks into another trade exactly yeah you could flip the picks for something else but yeah you're you're not going to do that so what do you so i guess here's like what would you what would you what would you be looking for essentially shooting (laughs) i mean I mean, really, right. right? You're looking for probably a 3 and D style wing. Maybe you don't get it in that particular move. You're probably looking for some sort of an upgrade somewhere, right? Uh, maybe a piece that fits a little better. By the way, Kyle Kuzma, though, is one of the only wing defenders the Lakers had. So that's that's what, uh, that's what on the side of keep Kuzma is they they pegged him to be a small forward this season after being power forward the previous three seasons um, and, and said, okay, you're going to be a small forward. You're going to defend wings and asked him to do that. And he did admirable job okay job defensively right not not a great defender certainly better than he's been in years past but i think that it's not even so much about do you like kyle kuzma do you not and i know a lot of people are saying they don't like like kyle kuzma it's logistically you mentioned they were looking to trade him at the trade deadline he only made three million and change i think it's less than that actually yeah and and so yeah something like that right yeah that, in terms of cap math, makes it really hard to move him. But guess what? He's got Benji a new contract. In. And then next year, and by the way, he also had the um, uh, the rule, and it's completely blanking in my mind here, but uh, base your salary, base your compensation, the poison pill type contract, right? Where, uh, where the Lakers, what they could count him for going out in a trade is not the same as what another team bringing him in would count him for. That was an issue, right? right? Because he was a, a, the first year of his new contract. Next year, you don't have that. Next year, he's a 13-ish million dollar contract. Right. It's actually easier to trade him and get something in return at 13 million than it is at three-ish. Um, I have a hypothetical for you. Um, this one just came through my mind. Um, what would you say if I could tell you the Lakers could gobble up whatever draft assets they have, Kyle Kuzma and another salary? I don't know what the number quite has to be, but... Um, what would you say about shipping him back home to Detroit in exchange for like a Jeremy Grant? Um, can I fly him there? <laughs> can I, I like, I will pick him but, up. I will take him to the airport. I will sit in. A, I'll sit in the middle seat, Matt. I will sit in the middle seat on the plane. <laughs> two crybabies. Yeah, but two crybabies. I will get Kyle Kuzma there. I will drop him off to the Detroit Pistons. Yes, I would do that in a second. I believe most Lakers fans would. And that is, and again, I, I am not on the side that I hate Kyle Kuzma or anything like that. But Jeremy Grant is a tremendous player and would be exactly what the Lakers need right now. 
Um, I don't think the Pistons are in any rush to move on from Jeremy Grant. I think they could probably do better than Kyle Kuzma if they, if they do decide to trade him. But yes, if that scenario existed, yes, I, I would definitely be for that. Because see, the, the only reason, and here, I'm going to say this too, I think it's also very unrealistic unless the Lakers can somehow magically come up with more first round draft picks to throw uh-huh. at Detroit. But the reason why I brought it up is because I think that's the kind of player that the Lakers would need to be swinging for if they're going to give up Kuz. Um, there's no one-for-one deal that I can come up with right now that makes the Lakers better than Kuzma would next year. Um, so I think you have to aggregate your salaries. And I think I think given Kuz's trade value around the league, I don't know how high it is. Obviously, teams are higher on players than other teams are. But I think given you know what Kuz can do and what he has shown so far, I, I think you're going to really have to package him with someone to get something good. Um, and I think you're looking at, best-case scenario, Jeremy Grant type. because That, that level of player, sure. And yes, and I, that is... That is best case, like pie in the sky. I don't think it's likely, but I mean, depending on what, I mean, are we talking Kuzma, THT, a salary and the, and the number 22 pick? I think that's, that's kind of where the conversation needs to start. And, and it would that have point, to be a re-signed THT. Yeah. And that's my whole thing is like, do you feel comfortable in that? Do you think Jeremy Grant, you know, like a Jeremy Grant kind of player would, would, you would, you know, be worth it for the Lakers in that case? I personally think so. Oh yeah. Uh, I would do it in a second. Yeah, I personally think so. Um, so that that's kind of like if Lakers fans are going to be playing with the NBA trade machine for for the next couple months, um, I think those are the kinds of trades that I would be looking at doing uh, because I think, you know, you have to consider this this idea too. Um, I, this is the thing I don't like about NBA Lakers trade Twitter is that um, they always say the Lakers should trade this, this, and this player for this player. And it's like, okay, that's great. But in usually the, the the trades are lopsided and so much in favor of the Lakers. It's like, you have to give up stuff to get stuff. I always say that. You have to give up stuff to get stuff. And uh, really, the Lakers need to give up something attractive for a team to even consider making to consider a trade like that. So um, n- the Lakers aren't going to fleece anyone. No one's going to be... There's not going to be another Paul Gasol to the Lakers trade anytime soon. NBA front offices are too smart. Uh, you're not going to be fleecing a team. So you have to give up actual assets to get players back. And so just keep that in mind, guys, when, when you guys are throwing trades at us on Twitter, on Reddit, or wherever. Just just keep that idea in mind. <laughs> yeah, that, that is important to, to, of course, note that uh, you have to give something in order to get something. Teams aren't going to go out of their way to help the Lakers. Like I said, 29 other teams right now are celebrating across the NBA because the Lakers are out. Um, okay. Taylor Horton Tucker. We need to talk about him. Restricted free agent. Restricted free agent could be some offers out there for him. Uh, the Lakers will have an opportunity to match. The most a team can offer is the mid-level exception. What are we thinking for for him? I I'm bringing him back, but I have no idea the price on THT. It is so hard to gauge. I don't either. And the scary part is, is if a team is incredibly high on THT, they could backload his contract. Mm-hmm. Um. And, you know, I think we could be looking at like a, I think it's like 50 or 60 million. I think is his max max if they wanted to backload his contract like that. I ha- I'd have to go back and check. But um, a team could poison pill the Lakers into an offer sure. like that, a four-year, essentially a max contract for THT. And at that point, I think I kind of balk. But I-, I do think that the Lakers have the edge given that they do have early bird rights on him. Mm-hmm. Um, and they could offer him a pretty decent amount of money. So... Man, um, someone brought this up on Twitter, and I want to credit them, and I forgot. But someone was saying how they should have fought harder to give THT a three-year contract versus a two-year contract after drafting yes, him. right. 
because um, then the Lakers have another year to you know evaluate and, and come to a better decision on this. But now they have to face it this offseason. So um, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm blanking on your name, but it was a really good point. Um, but yeah, I, I I don't know either. I kind of peg him in the same range as Alex Caruso. I think he earns about. I think he gets. I think one year in his contract at least is going to be at least worth ten million. I think the upside is is pretty tantalizing. Honestly, he's still 20 years old. He won't turn 21 until the next season. Um, there, there's a lot to work with with THT. Uh, we we said it earlier. Every time he does something, he kind of takes something away. But I think the things that he takes away are things you can teach. Those are coachable things. Yes. Um, just from a pure talent standpoint, I, I think he's he's going to be at worst a starter in this league. Um, I, I'm pretty bullish on him. Um, I know I've I've been kind of critical on him on certain shows and, and on Twitter especially, but I, I think you know if everything breaks right for THT, I think we can be looking at borderline All Star level caliber player. Um, and I and I think you have to pay up for that. And so you know at what price though? I, I think the Lakers, given that he's still pretty inconsistent and what didn't have much of a role in this playoff series, I think they can get him a little cheaper than you normally would for a young talent like him. Um, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if let's say he's it's like a four-year, forty million dollar contract, give or take. I, I think that sounds about right. Yeah, I mean it'll be interesting to see where it comes in at, but I do think keeping him is going to be important. I think that he's got a lot of potential. Obviously, the Lakers believe in him. They didn't make that Kyle Lowry deal because of him. He was the sticking point. Right. As we, as we call him. So yeah, I do think that, that they'll keep him around, but that number is going to be interesting. Um, our own Ryan Ward on Twitter said LeBron quoting LeBron in the post game. The one thing that bothers me more than anything is we never got to see our full team. I don't blame him. That's it. Right. That's it. Never really got to see this full Lakers team. Uh, and he said his ankle never got back to where it was before the injury. And he's looking forward to a full off season. Makes sense. You're not going to get better Ooh. playing on a sprained ankle. So. Ooh, I've got more Dennis Schroeder here for you. Of course. So Dennis Schroeder. I, I'm going to work my ass off to come back here and give everything because we owe the fans more. I'm going to work my ass off this summer, come back and be me. I want to be here and win a championship. Um, Dennis is really good at saying the right things. Wow. <laughs> I mean, those are, that's pretty strong, right? But here's the, like, and I was going to bring this up earlier, Matt. The Lakers had a history this season of saying the right thing and then not following through with actions, right? And early in the game, I thought that's what we were seeing from the Lakers, right? We heard LeBron's quote about emptying all the bullets in the chamber and throwing the gun too. Uh, right, my favorite. And then, we, and then we didn't see that in the first half. The second half, they went for it. They tried. Um. So I don't know how much of a factor all that is in, in this discussion, but that's pretty much what you would hope that Dennis Schroeder would say in that situation, right? Yeah, I'd say so. And uh, to speak to that little point about the whole not coming out, right? I thought they did pretty well. I mean, Devin Booker caught fire earlier, but I think seeing AD go down again. That's what it really, yeah. You know what I mean? Like this team has had to... That the team has seen him go down so many times, and to have him come out of games twice now, it has to be pretty shell shocking. Um, obviously, he was not 100%. I didn't think he was going to finish the whole game. I said it in our video, even that I think Anthony Davis will give it a go, but I wouldn't be surprised if he gets pulled out of the game because he can't go. Uh, growing strains just don't go away. Um, but sorry, I mean, get to get back to Dennis at least. Um, that's good to hear. I mean, I'm sure he's frustrated. Um, obviously, he didn't play up to how well he thinks no. he can play, and I and I believe him. Um, and I know, I know, Game Five left such a bad taste in in Lakers fans' mouths. Our own Chris Masters has been going off on Dennis the past couple of days. <laughs> um, 
and I don't blame him, but no. um, I, I think, you know, as a Lakers fan, you have to respect the fact that he is so adamant about working hard and wanting to come back and, you know, owing it to the fans. You know, that's definitely pandering to us. So I'm, you know, I'm still wrestling with it a little bit. Obviously, the loss and being eliminated is still, I'm still processing it myself, but um it is good to hear that guys want to be back because i think that's one thing with lakers fans that i've noticed yeah. is that they will embrace guys that want to be in la los angeles is partic- sorry not los angeles i shouldn't say that because the clippers play there playing for the lakers um requires a very specific mindset and a and a specific personality because we have seen guys come play for the lakers and wilt under pressure and 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 leave um, so for the Lakers to get eliminated in the first round when they were pegged as the favorites all season and for Dennis to have a bad game five, bounce back in game six, lose still, and then still say he wants to come back. I, I, I think I have to give him a little bit of credit there and a little bit more benefit of the doubt. You know, I'm not necessarily saying he's back in my good graces or anything. Cause I, I think if he does come back with the Lakers, he has to prove it to me, but he is at least taking, you know, performative steps to at least get back there. Um, so yeah, that that's a good sign. At least he could have easily said, "Yeah, we'll see. I want my free agency to play that's out the way it does, and and we'll see where it goes." But no, he's being adamant about wanting to come back and play for the Lakers. So I, I'm going to give him some respect for that. And that's what most players do, right? Most players are coached to say, "I'm going to evaluate my options in the off season, or I'm not even there yet. I haven't thought about it yet. You know that type of thing." They deflect, right? They deflect the question. They don't give an answer. Dennis Schroeder said, I'm going to be here, right? For for, for better or worse, right? He said he wants to be back with the Lakers. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's kind of refreshing, actually, to have a player just say, no, this is what I want. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, I'll take it. I'll take it. Um, Let's see. I'm getting into a few questions and, and comments here. Oh, people saying Trez is gone. Yes. Oh, we should probably talk about Trez. Let's talk about Trez before we before we wrap things up here. Yes, let's talk about Trez. I do think that Trez is probably gone. Um, he's got to be frustrated because this is two years in a row now that he has underperformed in the playoffs in a contract year situation. I think the way Trez is back is if the offers really dry up and he has to pick up his second year option at just over nine million. Can I um can I interrupt you very quickly? Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of very cryptic posts, because there was mm-hmm. a lot of subtweeting from the Lakers today. Yes. Damian Lillard on Instagram posts. How long should I stay dedicated? How long till opportunity meets preparation? This is a Nipsey Hustle quote. Uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Nipsey Hustle, Trevor, but he is a famous Los Angeles rapper uh, who is beloved by many NBA players. Yep. And so you just kind of want to look at that and and keep that in the back of your pocket for a little bit in case uh, we've been talking about Disgruntled Star X for a long time now. Um, Um, Portland will never give Damian Lillard to the Lakers. I don't think so either. That's, but that's just, the challenge. Know. The Blazers, just like the Suns, they, like Lakers fans, we, we don't care about the Blazers, right? They're not a rival. The, the other way, though, the Blazers are mortal enemies, they think, for the Lakers, right? They feel like the Lakers are their most hated rival. That's the thing. So I don't think they will ever give Damian Lillard to the Lakers. But if there's any way to make that happen, let's go. <laughs> make, make that happen, please. 
Um, what 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 did the Blazers want? Do they want my firstborn? Uh, did they want me to tat Dame's like name or face on my chest? I will do it. Um, I have said for a long time, Damian Lillard is the last superstar. Is not the last, sorry, but is the the most coveted superstar I want on the Lakers. Um, I need it to happen. I'm I'm I feel so bad for him. Um, I can't root against him ever, even when he's playing the Lakers, and he would just be a perfect fit next to. He's already in Space Jam too, like. There's just too many things. Sorry. Um, we'll do a whole Damian Lillard to Lakers thing sometime. But uh, Montrez Harrell. Yes, I am in agreement. I also do not think. Well, actually, you know what? Wait. Um, this is the second in your row, like you mentioned, that he's had a, you know, very subpar playoff series. Um, do you really think his market value is more than the mid-level exception right now? I don't know. That's, that's what I'm saying. That's the way he could be back. Right. Right. Like is if is if the market value just isn't there. And so he picks up that option. I okay, so here's my thing. I feel like what Trez might do would be to opt out and then sign for more guaranteed money, but at less annual value. That could be. That could be so um, like like a three year twenty pay. million contract somewhere. You know what yeah. I mean? That that could happen. That could happen. And look, here's the thing like Montres Harrell during part of this season was the guy for the Lakers, right? When everybody was down, Montrezl Harrell for a month was putting up 20 and 10. Just about. He was good. He was really he was good. good. And we were, he was, we were about ready to name the sixth man of the, of the, uh, the, our next man up award. Sorry. The Montrezl Harrell award, because he was getting it every single night. He was fantastic. And then as the season went on, it just slowly slipped away. The next thing you know, he's not even part of the rotation. He's not even getting minutes, and it came in playoff time on the grand stage. That's why the Lakers were able to sign him in the first place. Why he didn't get a $20 million offer last offseason was because he was bad in the playoffs, and everybody remembered that. So he's in a tough spot this offseason. This was not the way he was hoping things would go. And that's where I could see him back, but if there is a long-term offer like you're talking about, Matt, I would think he probably would take that. And I don't think he particularly would want to be back. I'm sure he's frustrated. But again, I don't want to speak for him. Who knows exactly where his head's at with all that. But uh, I do think he's been pretty frustrated this season. So I would be surprised if he's back. But the one path I see to that happening is him picking up that option. We'll see how strong the uh, clutch ties are, Trevor. That's true. That is a good point. That is a good point. Clutch sports. All right. Oh, somebody said Trevor's been drinking. Me too, brother. Not yet, Josh. Not yet. <laughs> that's that's after after the show. After the show, man. Uh, we did we did we did the hot mic uh, live show during the game. So I've been so we were on the air for the entire game, and now we're doing the the post game show. But after the game, yeah, I th- I think that might have to happen. <laughs> oh man, me too. Me too. Yep. Yep. All right, Matt, where should we go with, with this? How should we close this out? Um, um, I mean, we didn't do a master lock yet. And I know you can't wait to throw one more master lock at somebody. So why don't we do that? In fact, let me go to the graphic here. And let's do the master lock of the night. People in the chat, whether you're coming in from Facebook, YouTube, Periscope, fire it off. Who should get master locked tonight? 
All right, Matt, the Optimus Peralta, who are you putting in the Master Lock tonight? Can I get two? Sure. Why not? All right. Well, no, I mean, the second one's not... Well, they're both not very serious, but uh, first and foremost, my favorite player in the NBA currently, Jay Crowder, gets my final Master Lock of the season. Uh, He was ejected from tonight's game for, I believe, I'm going to use my new favorite NBA term, physical taunting. Um, (laughs) Physical taunting. God, what a lame excuse to give someone the technical. But, um, yep, it is Jay Crowder. I hate the guy. Um, he is the only reason why I cannot root for the Suns in the second round. Um, so, you know, good luck to the Suns, just not Jay Crowder. I hope you go 0 for 30 in the series against the Nuggets. Uh, but my second one um, uh-huh. will be all the NBA trolls that I will get between now and next season. Because the trolling for the Lakers has is in full force tonight. I don't know if you've gotten a chance to look at Twitter quite yet. Yes, but the, the the slander is on. And guys, fire off your jokes. It's totally fine. Um, what I will not take is jokes about the Lakers injuries because that's never fun. But if you want to just clown them for not getting past the second or not getting past the first round or whatever else you want to, that's not injury related. Go for it because we lost. We are no longer in the playoffs. You know, we've got a full offseason. We're fishing. We've won two, three, Cancuned it. Um, so by all means, make those jokes. But uh, trust me, the Lakers will be back. And we will be talking next year about how the Lakers are back in the playoffs. And it'll be a good time. But until then, get your jokes off. So, Matt, just to mention that, I'm seeing the people in there saying this is proof that the Lakers, it was a fluke, them winning the championship last season. Jesus Christ. How, like, that's the most ridiculous argument I've ever seen, right? So many people saying, oh, it doesn't count because it was in the bubble. You're talking about the most even playing field you can get where there's no home court advantage. And that makes it a fluke. How? Okay. So if the Lakers aren't really that good, then what does that say about every other team that was in the exact same situation as the Lakers were last season? I think it's dumb. And I think that title was the hardest one to get. It was. And then... And then you've got the people that are saying, oh, see, see, look, the Lakers aren't really that good. Shocker. The Lakers aren't as good when LeBron and Anthony Davis are hurt. What? I, are you kidding I, me? I, I, I made that point. Maybe uh, it was a show maybe a month ago now, but I was like, surprise, surprise. Uh, teams that are missing their two best players are not good. <laughs> um, hashtag analysis. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, so, and that was the case for the Lakers all season. It's not an excuse. It was literally reality. Um, LeBron James missed the longest stretch of games in his career. Anthony Davis missed half the season, got hurt in the playoffs again. Um, you know, like, Hey, that's what happens. I I said this on Twitter, repeating as a champion is so hard in the NBA, no matter how good your team is year to year. Um, things have to break right all the time. Uh, think back to the, the the Golden State Warriors when they had Kevin Durant and, you know, that whole crew. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, they won two titles in a row and they could have easily three-peated. But guess what? Injuries derailed their championship run also. Yep. It just happens. It's You have to be not only a good team, you have to be a lucky one. And health re- health is included in luck. Sometimes injuries just happen. And people for no say, good reason. People say, oh, well, well Shaq and Kobe would have never, would have never not won two in a row. They were healthy. Sure they wouldn't have. If Shaq was hurt and Kobe was playing at 65% or 70% or whatever LeBron was at, 
then yeah, they wouldn't have they wouldn't have won two in a row. <laughs> That's are, such that's such bad crazy. reason. Like I saw so many people retweeting this is the first Lakers team that hasn't repeated since like 1980 something. And I was like, okay, great. Like the circumstances are completely different year to year. The 2000 I know and then people wanted to say this too and god, I'm on a rant now. Um people were pointing to how Kobe was hurt in 2009-2010. The injuries were not the same. He was dealing with his hand and some other things. Um you know, things that you can play through. When Anthony Davis can't run up and down the court, when LeBron James's ankle is limiting him from, you know, exploding the rim like he normally does, that's a different injury. So please don't use that as an excuse or please don't use that as your comparison and, and a way to to criticize this year's Lakers team. It's completely different. Absolutely. Context matters. I know, right? Crazy to think that, but somehow it actually does. What a con- what a concept. Um <laughs> I'm going to give my final master lock of the of the season. I think there's only one way I can go with this because it's been the constant all season long. Has to be. The injury bug. The injury bug needs to be master locked into oblivion, right? I mean, this Trevor, thing. Trevor, What? The gnat. That was the injury bug. That was just the, the microcosm of the whole season. And yes. it, it was a... Uh, <laughs> that if you if you want to if you want to read into things that that gnat that's been bothering us about this podcast and interrupting us and interrupting our our, our, our rhythm and our flow the injury bug the gnat it all kind of just wraps up perfectly as a way to close this thing out <laughs> yes it definitely does it all it somehow bookends everything just the, the way that it should um like i said my mind More- is blown that you know anthony davis gets hurt halfway through the series he got third halfway through the season completely derailed the lakers season derailed the lakers first round series um and now yes i have a gnat that's been flying around here and uh and maybe he's the injury bug just circling uh breaking news cover because some breaking news for you we were complaining about the last post game show about how we don't want the lakers to be playing in the olympics uh-huh uh lebron james says he is going to play for the toon squad this summer instead of the olympics there we go that's it yep we do not want the lakers and again go team usa i don't want lebron i don't want that i don't want any laker participating heal rest recover get ready for next season don't go play for team usa yep so there you go some peace of mind for you um i guess let's finish with this not mine from YouTube. Hey, Trevor, Matt, for the fun of it, who are you rooting for now? Milwaukee. No, not if the not, Clippers. If, not, just not the Clippers. If, if, if the Mavericks get past the Clippers tomorrow night or even in Game 7, then the Mavericks. Um, I love Luka Doncic. He's currently my favorite. Oh, that's not true. It's Damian Lillard. But since Damian Lillard's out of the playoffs, Luka Doncic is now my, my favorite player remaining in the playoffs. Uh, so I would go over the Mavs. Uh, but if I'm being honest, I love them. I love the Milwaukee Bucks team. They showed me a lot in their first round series against the Heat. Um, I love Drew Holiday. I think he's a real difference maker. Definitely an upgrade over Eric Bledsoe. So um, if I have to pick two teams, really, it's it's the Mavericks for all of it. But if depending on you know if they get past the first round, but if not, it's it's going to be the Bucks for me. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, but it's not like I won't be devastated if like the Mavs don't make it or the Bucks don't make it or whatever. Oh, it's, same. For me, yeah. it's mostly just just not the Clippers. As long as the Clippers are out, I'm good. It's it's kind of nice, you know. Let, let's process a little bit more. It, it'll be nice to not be so invested into a game and that I can just watch it and enjoy it mm-hmm. and not have to cover it. I it'll be I, nice to just watch basketball. 
I think I will be as the as the playoffs go on. I'll have a, some teams that I'll latch on to a little bit more, like as with some of the narratives or or some teams that I dislike. So that I'll be rooting against them. Like that'll probably happen. But again, that's that's going to kind of develop as the playoffs continue on. But anyway, um, guys, we appreciate it. Appreciate everybody joining us throughout the season for these post game shows. They've been a lot of fun. Again, we're not going anywhere. We're still going to be live streaming. We're going to do live shows. We're going to set a specific date or a day of the week that we'll do. We usually do two a week um, that will still come on here and, and chat Lakers basketball with all of you. We do still have Twitter spaces going on as well. We'll still do that. Um, and again, it's going to be a busy offseason. There's a lot happening. Summer League is back. Summer League is back. So there is, this is not the end. No, this is just the beginning, right? We are heading into a new section i guess of the lakers season and uh yeah we're not going anywhere so don't worry about that but again appreciate all of you who've been with us all season long and um hopefully the off season brings some some good things for the lakers till next time everybody see ya and stay safe